Hello, welcome to the podcast. This episode, as always, is brought to you by the Fort PT. The Fort is a fully equipped mobile gym that provides customized personal training to clients according to their individual individual needs and fitness goals. Uh, if you're looking to get fit, here's a good place to start, right? Um, mention that you're a listener of the podcast, hashtag mostly yoga podcast, and get your first personal training session for free. Yeah. Um, aside from personal training, you also get the chance to learn a little bit more about animal flow, which is what we've, which is what uh, we've been promoting in the past few times. Hmm. Uh, Bronnie's actually heading to San Diego, California, in a couple of months, in a couple of days. I mean. Uh, to spend the month there training for a new movement uh, certification called Gymnastica Naturale. It's this, uh, this movement style that like mixes yoga and gymnastics and all these primal movements all together into one little uh, style, I guess. Very exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see where what he has in store when he comes back. Mm, stay tuned. Vroom, vroom. Uh, check out their Instagram at the Ford PT for more information or drop them a DM to find out more if you have any questions about whatever you want to find out about. Hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, a lot of people have been ho- hopping on this uh, sustainability movement, trying their part, trying to play their part to save the world. What about you? If you give a shit about this little planet that we live on, might want to consider saving the world in your own way. Build your own zero-waste plastic kit today with Plastic Free, a Singapore-based online store that offers affordable, eco-friendly products from reusable cups, metal straws, and other sustainable items that you can check out on their website. That at uh, at www.plasticfree.co you can check out their Instagram uh, with the same name Plastic Free uh, join the movement and together we can make the world a greener place one cup one straw one bag at a time there's also a promo code uh, to get 10% off any purchases above $30 and it's the mostly mostly yoga mm, yeah use the promo code mostly yoga to, to get that that discount thing Hmm. All the links are in the description thing below. Okay. The guest today, my guest today, is the lovely Carmen uh, Aguilera. She's so nice. She's so insightful. I'm, I'm really happy that she took the time to come and chat with me. She's probably one of the most passionate and like disciplined yoga practitioners, yoga teachers, yo- yoginis that I know who, who really cares about, who really cares about yoga, you know? And, and you can see it, you can see it, or at least I can see it when I speak to her, how genuine she is, how passionate she is about, about what she's doing. So, mm, good stuff, you know. Um, you might, during the podcast, you might hear a bit of cars screeching nearby, uh, it's, it's typical stuff. We did the recording at her hotel, um, it was sort of near the roadside, so yeah, you might hear a bit of cars and stuff like that. You're also going to hear a bit of rustling, some, I don't mean, you may catch it, you may not, a bit of rustling, like plastic rustling. It's just Moses, uh, her husband, subtly doing laundry in the room next door. You can see him, he's so nice. You can see him like trying so 
hard to like be mindful and like tiptoe back and forth as he try and does his like he does his chores and stuff. He's so nice. Um, they're both very nice. So, um, without further ado, here is the lovely Carmen. Enjoy. Hello, Carmen. Welcome to Singapore. Thank Hello. you. Thank you for doing agreeing to do this with me. I know that you're very busy. I know that you have a lot of things planned for your touring. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be back in Singapore. Mm. It's great. It's my third time here. Third time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I yes. every time when you do your tour, do you always make an effort to pop by to Singapore? I every time I come to Asia, I do. Mm. I do. This is all nearby, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's nearby, and I mean the mm. flights are more expensive. Um, flying from the US and now from Hawaii, so mm-hmm. I try to make like all the Asian stops in, on the, the big, same the tour. big places. Right? Yeah, okay. So, so if I go to Korea or here, Jakarta, you know, Bali, so then that that's what that's what I tend to do. I try to pack them up in on the same trip. Yeah, I was I was looking at yours. I was just like doing research about you, and I was looking at your what do you call it? Your rich your your traveling schedule. Yeah, and you're really packed. Like you came from Korea. Singapore, you're going to Bali later. You're going to Korea again. I'm going to Korea again. And you're going again. off to the states, and, and then uh, and then back to Hawaii for a few weeks, and then um, back to the states. I used to have a studio, a yoga studio, up until uh, last year, but now I'm I'm traveling full time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think yes. like one of the questions that I wanted to ask was that like, I mean, as glamorous as it sounds to be a traveling yoga teacher, I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people strive to be. But it sounds cool. But how does that feel? Like, are you tired or? or? I think it's very tiring. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really good things about it, of course, and you get to meet yogis from all over the world, and you know, all kinds of cultures, and you know, it's it's really nice. It's mm. it's really it opens your eyes to a lot of uh, different perspectives and cultures. But uh, I don't think people can see the amount of hours behind it, like you know, delayed work, planes yeah. and jet lag and and just bad airbnbs you know, oh yeah moses was telling me about that yeah mattresses that you can barely sleep on uh-huh. and you know you're so sore your back is so sore for days or you barely have any space to practice or i mean it's just or what to eat and mm. you need to find like in korea you need to find someone to translate everything right. for you if you're vegetarian we i, I don't eat meat but mm. i do eat fish but still, it's pretty challenging, you know, to find places to eat and uh, and it, it's tough. And by the time you're done with classes and teaching and practicing, oftentimes you just want to go to your room, go to the hotel or go to the Airbnb. Find some space just, for yourself, yeah. And, yeah, and, and relax and yeah. rest. So then you don't really get to tr- like visit. Sight, yeah, sightsee that much. And then like the next day you got to fly off or even the, on the day itself. Yeah, um, oh. only those days that I don't teach or I don't travel, those are the days that I can mm. actually do, go yeah. out and do something. Like today would be a, a good thing, but, mm. I'm, but I'm doing this. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, because traveling takes a big part of your day, yeah. right? And then teaching also takes a big part of your day. If you're committed to have a consistent practice. I mean, some people just stop practicing altogether. Like when they travel, they're like, well, I don't have time to, to have my personal practice, which for me, it's a shame. I can't, I can't do it. I just, I can't. It takes can't. a lot of discipline to, to maintain a personal practice. Especially when you travel. Yeah. Yes, you know, that like you, like you're, you're in holiday mode. 
you're here to enjoy, like, why would I want to work, you know? Right. But then you really need to, like, you, you, you know that the benefits of if you have just that one hour of practice before you start your day, it feels so good. It does, it does. You have to. So it's, mm. it's different. And everyone is having sort of a holiday or a little vacation, but you are working. Mm. Same as their retreat that I'm going to be doing mm. uh, next week. So everyone is there on vacation and, you know, they're going to have a great time. We're all, we're all going to have a great time, but... For me, it's work. Mm, you know? Yeah, so, you gotta be there. You gotta remember the dates and the schedules and, and all this exactly kind of thing. Exactly, plan my classes and teaching and what to teach and be be there for my students. So it's not really a vacation where mm. I just like forget about everyone and like I do my own thing. That's the misconception. You can't, yeah, yes. Yeah. So it's it's really great, but it also has a lot of you know aspects of it that people don't really realize don't necessarily see that you know they only want to see the glamorous part right. or you know the fun part you know uh, you, your practice your you practice every day I do I do and practice it's, it's like a long like three hours I, I practice for three hours wow. I didn't I didn't start and I practice six or seven mostly seven days a week mm. um, I didn't start that way I mean a lot of people ask me like how can you practice for so yeah. long? But when I started practicing um, way, that was 21 years ago. That's mm. when I started. I was doing yoga maybe an hour, twice a week or something okay. like that. Because I, I just couldn't, I mean, I, I used to get, you know, to go to the gym or to get yoga classes, to get to yoga classes. But I, my body couldn't take it anymore. I was very stiff and um, you know very weak also. So I had a lot of aches and pains the following day. My wrists hurt or my shoulders hurt, and uh, so I couldn't. You know, I couldn't. I loved it, but I I couldn't take it more more than that. And it was a very gradual process. I I never really forced it. You know, I just I added like fifteen more minutes oh, or or thirty okay, more minutes okay. and. You know, and then one day, one day I said, I'm going to practice three times a week because it feels so good. I'm going to practice every other day. Mm. I'm going to practice four times a week. And so it, it was increasing gradually and organically on its own. I, I never really set the standard. I'm going to practice for this, this long mm-hmm. and for all this time and all these days a week. Uh, and then I stopped at six days a week for a long time. And then one day I decided to practice that seventh day and it felt great, you know, and I mean, some days I practice a little bit more intensely mm. and some days I practice a little bit more relaxed. But the, the point is the daily, but the for me, putting it, yourself it, on the it, fe- it feels great and it kind of throws me off my routine if I don't practice. Uh, okay, so okay. I maybe I'll, I'll cut it shorter if necessary or some days like yesterday it was so, you know so many planes and coming here from Seoul and and arriving here really late so some days you just can't do it you have to be flexible that mm. way too and so I didn't practice yesterday but I'll practice today and that's okay so, is it like a fixed sequence or you just sort of wing it um, no I have like three different sequences mm. one has like a more backbend uh, focus themed. one more yeah, yeah more okay. like a hip opener and another one more strengthening and inversions and all that and so I practice I alternate those you know depending on what day or you know how I feel I try to practice more frequently the things that I don't do that well okay or that I don't come that easy for me uh, but um, but besides that, yes, I, I try to keep, out of the whole three hours, there will be a few minutes for what I call experimentation oh. that I practice 
like some move that I am interested in or something. But that would be probably ten fifteen minutes. So, so in a way, you're sort of like trying out your new your yeah your like experiments. Exactly, for, exactly, okay. exactly for for me or for my classes and because I don't like I never teach anything that I haven't practiced myself mm. for a long time. I don't I don't just wing it like I'm gonna we're gonna try this I've never done it but let's see how it goes I've I never do that I think it's really irresponsible and unsafe that's true but, that's true uh, so I try to you know practice that for a few months and then you know sometimes that doesn't work out you're like this is really not not really helping it. you know uh, so you just toss it and then some other times you're like this is really good and it helps <clears throat> my practice in in some other ways so then I incorporate it mm-hmm. you know so just I find that that way because um, I used to practice a, a more set of poses you know and Ashtanga and Bikram and, and all that and or whatever or, or some flow and uh, I find that eventually you get a little bit burned up from doing the same things over and over and over this the same poses so I, I needed to find a little bit of fun and motivation and something in my practice to make me step on the mat. So those minutes to just try something new, it's it's also fun for for the brain also, you know, to keep yourself awake mm. and motivated. So for me that works, you know. That's interesting because there is something about the the fixed sequence, right? The Ashtanga or Bikram. But it's interesting that you said that, like, so yeah, sometimes it does get stagnant, and if you have the freedom to, 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 to throw in your own inspirations mm-hmm. here and there, that does keep the interest up, and that kind of helps with it something it like a daily, a daily practice, right? Because if you're you know? doing the same thing every day, for I guess people like it. For some people, uh, for some people, it works. Um, for some people, maybe that they need that consistency, mm-hmm. right? They they need that structure and. Their brains, they need that, you know, they need to anchor onto that, onto the sequence mm. in order to make them step on the mats because they're very uh, flaky by nature. In my case, it's the complete opposite. I am very regimented. I'm very, I have a very, I have an engineer background, right? Mm. I'm very precise and mathematical and just like that. So I need to get myself out of that zone because otherwise it would get a crazy perfectionist in a way. So I, I need to be more playful and force myself to move away. A this is bit for from, your personal practice for or for personal, teachings for as well? For my personal practice and for my teaching, I, I try to throw like here and there at the very end, you know, when we're very warm up and, you know, we try some big poses. At the very end, if I, we have stu- I have students or I have been coming to my classes or my workshops for a long time, then I throw something, uh, something new to them, hmm. you know. And okay. So it... it feels very fun and new and fresh like I said it's you know to just keep you on your toes about speaking about your practice and your teachings as well mm-hmm. it's it's a very physical practice it, it, it is. is it is where where does things like would you think that your practice is purely physical do you think there's any spiritual element to it For where me, does like chanting or like chakras that kind of thing comes in uh, for me, my practice, the physical practice can be very spiritual. Mm. It can be a very spiritual experience. I mean, after all, you're, we are a spiritual being living in a physical body. Mm. So neglecting that is neglecting your vehicle. You know, you're, you are containing a body. So you, the better you take care of your body, the better you, you can, you know, the vessel, the, the better what's inside is going to 
be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I practice, it's it's a combination of emotion and mind and uh, physicality of it and breathing. So for me, everything comes together then, and it's it's like a moving meditation, really. Mm-hmm. I do meditation myself. Sometimes I, I do, and in the retreat, for instance, we're gonna do, Moses is the one that leads the, the meditation. Uh, we do pranayamas. I don't do chanting normally. Um, I, don't do, I don't talk in class a lot about the chakras either. Um, because I want you to, I want to uh, take you on this physical journey and just find the deeper layers uh, behind that physicality of it. Mm. There's a lot of value in confronting your fears, in confronting your issues, your limitations, your problems, your aches, and how you behave when when you're confronted that way. It's, for me, yoga. Mm, that's you know? an interesting perspective. I've never heard that before, confronting it through the physical aspect. And that's because something that, that, that... That shows, that really shows how you truly are, mm-hmm. you know, how you are. and. And if you can, you want to change and do something about it, you can. So I'm giving you the avenue to just, okay, this is you. Mm. Do you want to do something about this, or do you want to pass and you don't, you don't want to do anything? It's it's okay. It's either way. It's your choice. I'm just facilitating it so that you know, so you choose. How do you put that across to the your students through your teachings, through the physical practice of through your through your methods of teaching? How do you put that across to them? Um, many times, uh, in the beginning, I don't even explain it yeah. that, that deep. It's hard to explain, it's, right? It's hard yeah. to explain. Uh, people, when they come out of my classes normally, they come out with a rush of happiness and mm. how great it was and what a great practice. And I've done poses I've never done before and it felt so safe. It felt like I was warm up enough to do mm. it and I loved it. So it's this rush, it's this high of energy, which the asana—that's part of what the asana brings brings up, brings to you. And then over time, they start to understand like there's a lot of thinking behind the sequence, and there's a lot of thinking behind the poses and how we order the poses and how I guide you and how long we stay in each pose so that wow. you know, you're like wow that that was Everything great. Everything makes sense, yeah. That that was great, and I felt this and that and. And then I, at that moment, I was afraid, but then I, I released. And so I don't think it's it, it can be understood in, in just one class. Okay. You know? And if I, if I explain that, I, I, don't, I don't think they you would get you it. You explain you know? it. Yeah, I feel like it's something that you, you, you as the like them as the practitioner, will slowly come to, to under, an understanding after having gone through your, uh, uh, you know, one of your classes to, yes. to be able to feel that. Yeah, that's, that's something that's interesting that I always, I kind of can feel it myself when I go to different people's classes and I and I, it can't, I can't explain it either, you know? But I know that it's there, whatever that it is, through that physical practice, something starts to develop or something starts to, you start to be a little bit more aware of certain things that's happening within through movement. Completely. The, the mini moving meditation aspect. And some, and some people, you know, you can achieve that. I'm not saying it's the only way. You can achieve that just through simply sitting down in Padmasana and meditate and, you know, come to some realizations and come to some conclusions about yourself. Uh, you can do a lot of pranayamas and, and then come to the same conclusions, but it's just one avenue and mm. the one I chose to pursue this time, you know, but it's just one. Okay. Uh, one of the many, I'm sure. One yeah. of the many, yeah. exactly. Mm. exactly. Okay. 
How does what you teach, see yoga, differentiate from the other kinds of yoga, or does it even? What defines it? What defines it as yoga to you? Um, the structure of the practice, the structure of the class, is different than a normal yoga class.、Uh, I don't warm up with sun, sun salutations, and I don't do a lot of chaturangas or upper dogs and downward dogs. So I link the poses differently. The flow is is different. And like I was, I was mentioning before, I put a lot of emphasis in the sequence itself.、Mm. So when I think about my class or the practice of that day, I think about what、um, I always focus on a number of peak poses、mm-hmm. and one specific direction of mobility that I want to work on. So、uh, we work on back bending that one day. So we're gonna gear the whole practice towards that. And we don't do a lot of four bends, or we don't do like behind the head, for instance. We don't do、um, a lot of you know deep twists, but we focus in that one direction. And then the next day we work on hip openers, and we go that way and that and another route for、um, twists, another route, and so and so.、Um, so that way, in my experience over the years, if you Try to explore all kinds of asanas, like arm balances and twists, and like behind the head, and then you drop into wheel, and then you do a hand, and then you do scorpion, and then you do whatever, and then you do another、um, yogi nandasana or something. You cannot really truly explore that range of motion fully. You、mm. can only go. This is your realm of asanas that you can do with a certain level of warm up, and that's you're always going to be contained in there. If you want to go very deep, you'll have to focus and just go in that specific direction. So that's where where I take you. So the warm up, we normally start sitting down instead of standing up, like in a lot of you know yoga、mm-hmm. styles, and you start with salutations. So we start sitting down, then we do some sitting poses to start to warm up.、Um, we do some standing poses, always gear you know towards the peak poses that I have in mind, four or five depending, and then we work on those for a few minutes. Then we normally I like to do inversions. I really really think those are very beneficial, physically, mentally, emotionally. I think they're great,、mm-hmm. and they make you you know step outside your comfort zone. I really really like inversions. So I normally do you know whatever handstands, headstands, forearm balances,、uh, with somehow with the theme that we've been working on. So we've we've done backbends for instance. We might work on some scorpions. For example, or if we've done hip openers, then we do some combination of you know maybe lotus and our inversions or some something like that,、um, and then unwinding to counterbalance what we've been working on. So we've done a lot of backbends. We do some forward foldings and some twists, and you know so maybe a little bit of core strength、uh, just for a few minutes. If we've done we've done some hip openers, then we do a little bit of a few backbends, very mellow, right? Just to counterbalance basically the the practice and shavasana. Mm. So it's very、uh, structured, like like I told you, because I I believe everyone that comes into yoga, because of our unique backgrounds, meaning that your upbringing and what you studied before, what you've done before, or the problems that you had before,、uh, before arriving to yoga, they determine very much. They shape the way you are, and they shape the way you teach. Like let's say that you were a little bit overweight when you were young, and you always had to struggle with body images and you know on your weight. Then you're gonna become focus focus on being a very、um, an outspoken person person for body positiveness,、mm. and you know and just 
and just believe in yourself and you know don't worry about what everybody thinks about you and don't worry about image and all that and that's great because that's what defined you before or let's say that you were a doctor before right before starting yoga or you studied medicine it's going to bring a very strong anatomical mm. background to your teaching whether you know it or you don't it's just going to project it that way or you like a lot of philosophy and you like the sutras and you liked all those texts then you're going to bring that into your your teaching mm. so everything everything oh you've traveled the world a lot and you've been living you lived in a lot of different cities then that's also going to seep into your practice into the way you teach also so you know, it's just or your own personality. If you're a very hardworking person and you've everything that you've done your whole life, you realize that it was through work, you will make your students work, right? Because that for you is the method that worked, right? It's, it's it, what, what happened. I mean, I never accomplished an asana or anything that I didn't put enough work into them. For, for me, nothing came easy, like no handstand, no headstand, no touching my toes, you know, with my fingertips. Everything was a lot of work. So when I teach, I don't teach from a point like, it's okay, it's going to happen. No, it's not going to happen because for me, that didn't happen that way. So from my experience, you need to work at it and I, you have to be authentic to what you believe in, or at least I do, you know, I to what I believe in. And if you don't work at it, it's not going to happen. I mean, yes, it's a component of relaxation. Okay, you have to let go and it's okay, yes. But you also have to keep working at it, you know? So you bring that, whether you are aware of that conscious or unconsciously, you bring that into your teaching, you know? So that's, you know, <laughs> pretty much pretty much um, how it shapes you, the, the way you teach. And the more I teach, the more I realize that, that it really, what I did before or how I was uh, what I was surrounded by before it really shaped the way I teach for for example and I know I'm talking a lot but I'm no, sorry. no go ahead I'm, I'm listening um, man <laughs> when I was when I started teaching classes when I first started teaching yoga so I started with Ashtanga first and uh, you know because that was 21 years ago the, the landscape of yoga was very different from mm. what it is today right it, it was just like two or three styles mm. and so you like, know, like original, like old school. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Iyengar and that. And I tried all of them and I practiced all of them for, for a while. And then when I got, you know, I got quickly, I really liked it and I got certified and I started to teach part-time a little bit more, a little bit more. And for some reason, I happened to land in a place where they, it was, it was a gym where they had a lot of one-on-one work. So I, I developed a lot of, I had a lot of privates, a lot of private students. And a lot of my private students were very injured people, right? They were very limited in their range of motion. They just couldn't, people don't don't believe that because they think I have this reputation now that my classes are so tough and so tough and oh my God, I'm so afraid of coming to Carmen's classes, right? Um, but when I first started, they, that, those that was the, the kind of students that, that I had. And so everything that I learned in a yoga class, they couldn't follow a simple warrior two to reverse warrior and then putting the hands down to plank and chaturanga. That was too fast for them. Mm -hmm. It was not possible, not even modifying or no. So I had to break, learn to break down every single move, the simplest ones, so that they could possibly do that. 
And that made me think even more about all the asanas and how to modify them for people that were not capable of, you know, people that had four bypass surgeries or, you know, disc fusions and, and hip replacements and knee replacements and pins and needles all over the body, right? And also mentally, just like depression and breast cancer, you know, a, a lot of problems, right? Really sick people, not... No, like, oh my God, my shoulder hurts. I, I mean like real serious injuries and real serious surgeries. And all of them, what they had in common was that they didn't want to be babied. They didn't want to be treated like they were sick because they would be reminded every day of how sick they would truly were, you know, everywhere in, in the world outside. And, you know, so many doctor's appointments and so many medicines that they had to take and so many pills and... And so when I went in, where I arrived into their lives, they were like so happy to have uh, someone that was in a way merciless with them. I mean, obviously I modified a lot and everything, but it was, it was not, they never hid behind their disease to actually not do an ad or pose, never. And to me, I, it, that was a most empowering message. And then, I mean, I did that for 11 years. I had, uh, you know, between 18 and 22 privates a week, uh, plus group classes that I was teaching all over the city. That was when I lived in Chicago. And when I opened my studio uh, and I saw, you know, a lot of people that walking through the door, a lot of those, I was like, there's no excuse for you, you know? So it really shaped the way my mentality and the way I, I approach uh, how tough I am in a yoga class because now I'm thinking well if they could do it and they wanted to do it you are healthy why can't you why don't you want to it's it's so disrespectful towards them and no and and if you don't like the way I teach then leave you know I'm sure there will be other teachers but I it it just left such a strong print in my teaching those 11 years and all those students that uh, I it shaped very much the way I teach these days you know after that you know so yeah <laughs> okay that's in that kind of sums up it sums up a lot about like your style like who you mm -hmm. are where you came from and exactly because like, that also that's why I put in a way also why I put so much emphasis in the structure of the class and yeah. the sequence because uh, it's not just that I want you to achieve to put your leg behind the head that's not really the point it's the journey to take you there mm. you know and what you're going to to go through what you're going to experience and the frustrations and all that and we can figure it out together and just conquer this together and it's it's a really beautiful journey you know and whether you we make it there and we finally arrive to that post it's really not that relevant at least not for me right, you know? right. so it's and it's a very empowering i believe empowering that is I, the word yeah. yeah it's really empowering and once you it it really changes also your life outside the mat right and the way you think outside the mat too mm. you know now i can do this i succeeded at this maybe in my life so it really shaped mm. the rest of your life too it's not it's not separated because you're just one organism so it's not separated to the to the rest of your life from the rest of your mm. life you know i mean i when i started i was anorexic and bulimic i had been for many years 
and I didn't want to get better. I mean, I didn't want to not stop throwing up. I liked. I liked it. I know it sounds horrendous, but uh, I liked it. I, I liked the fact that it gave me a lot of con- sense of control in a way. Okay, when in reality, okay. you're not. You're you're a slave to the disease. You're a slave to going to the bathroom and purge all the time. But uh, but you, in a way, you know, you you believe that you're in control when you're not. Um, and I didn't want to you know, abandon that. But in as as I was practicing yoga and I'm like, well, maybe I need to probably eat a little bit more in order to be able to do a push-up because I couldn't do one one push-up, not even with the knees on the ground, right? So I was like, I was struggling very much to just get to the floor and lifting back up. So I'm like, maybe if I ate a little bit more, I could burn those calories and, you know, and still do a push-up or maybe I do, do crow, couldn't do crow. And maybe I could, you know, still do that. So little by little, it started to change. It started to mess with my head. And that's, uh, you know, that's a very, that addiction to food, you know, as any addiction is very strong. So it it started to break that down too. And it started to change me until eventually I, well, I remember perfectly one day I forgot to throw up. I mean, I was, I was blown away. I was like, I've been doing this for years, several times a day. How could I forget? It's, it's not that you forget to take the bus. It's just, it's a, it's something big that it was so engraved in, in, in me. And I forgot and I freaked out. And I, I, I didn't think, oh, so great, I'm, I'm healed. I thought, I, whoa, what, what is this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's okay, got it under control. Next day, I went back to my throwing <laughs> up. It's fine, right? Back and then a few it. days later, it happened again. And I'm like, oh. What's wrong with me, right? And it started, and then eventually I'm like, no, it's you know, it's okay, it's okay. And so it just, it was just really, uh, it really affects also the rest of your life so much and so many levels you don't even understand. We don't even understand to this day, you know, mm. how much it, it affects us. How strange that, that <laughs> how strange that this, it, I mean, it's all you. You made that happen, but it's also the yoga that helped. Absolutely. How, how, that's so strange. Like, how did something like that help you in that way? And it, it showed you the truth. It showed you the, the path, right? Right. It's something that it can never be explained. And I felt it as well. And I'm sure that people that, 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 that do yoga, people who, who, who practice it on a daily basis, feel that way or feel that it is in some way shaping or healing them. Completely. In, any, in whatever aspect that they are dealing with or, or whatever. So interesting. I feel like it kind of plugs into what you need uh, to get healed the mm. most, right? For some people, for me, that was that food addiction. For some people, it could be some other thing, you know, a sense of control or, or money issues mm. or whatever that is, you know, or relationship issues. Then it just, it knows where to go mm. and how to heal you. And it, if you let it yeah. come into you, then it's going to That's so really strange. affect and, you. And, and like, yes, you, like you woke up one day, you forgot to, to, to purge and they're like, what's, you were like, you were questioning it. Like, hmm, what? what's happening? I got to go back to the usual schedule. But then the more you practice, the more just something shifted. It, and then it, it you did. and then you saw that path and you took the right you back on track. Yes, yes. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yet another yoga saved my life story. <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy, you know. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> very oh true, man, very I feel true. like like that I've learned a lot from you. Oh. Like from that that past like what what that that long like wow okay, but um, but going back to that, it explained a lot about your teaching style and who you are as a person today. That 
that like like quote unquote commons classes are very tough and and uh, truly so of course they should be tough because she's her, her her intention is to push you in a certain way that if the if the guy who has a sickness can do it and he's not complaining about it why are you you know there is something that 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 perfectly that okay person is not pushing themselves not not going to their comf- uh not going past their comfort zone and it's your job as a facilitator to to push them there to to show them what they, they can do their potential for me this the the learning really starts the moment that you start to get to that point of that little that know, cross that, a little, that yeah. threshold right and or you're afraid or you're not sure or you know oh my god i'm i'm not so sure what's what's going to happen that's when the real yoga happens mm. if you're very comfortable in every asana in every pose then to me yoga has not started yet you're not growing you know? yeah you're not growing you're not really learning it's not it's not really um happening so uh-huh. this then is just not it's it's not yoga yet yeah you know you're just doing some stretches and you know and you're still things. within your little little you know your little safety Square, zone yeah, yeah exactly exactly so you have to kind of step a little bit there and step yeah. outside there's there's no growth otherwise and, you know? and i've seen videos of your classes like even on your insta stories and all that and it's like oh there's a lot of tricky transitions like stuff that i never would have I, I would have never done or taught and it's really like advanced stuff and it can be very intimidating to, to people do you think that say like the the style attracts a certain crowd mm, the style uh, sure does, attracts, right? yeah. attracts a, a crowd but not like an advanced crowd mm. or any I, I think it attracts a crowd of people that want to truly surrender mm. to the practice and and they truly they honest about it and they want to get better they mm, want to okay. participate and they're okay if they're you know they make a fool out of themselves it's a lot of in a lot of yoga classes people are are so worried about their self-image right i when i had a studio so many times i got phone calls and people wanting to come and like but i, I don't want to make a fool of myself and i'm like why not i just don't First of all, nobody's gonna looking at be looking at you. No one, you know? yeah. And it's yeah. like, do you think? I mean, you've taught classes yeah. too. Do you think people are like somebody's like, ooh, watching you yeah. every move of the ninety minute or seventy minute class? Ooh, watching you. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was bad. No, everyone is working on their own things. But we're we're so egocentric, you know, and that that we think that oh my god, everyone's gonna be watching me when they're not. They're not. Nobody's watching you, you know, and. I like to have, sometimes I have, you know, more advanced students in my classes, um, but it's the, that's the minority, mm. except in Korea. I think in Korea, everyone was really good in, in general, but I have, you know, all, all sorts of levels and, you know, uh, this is small percentage of the class that will be a little bit more advanced. Mm. I mean, and like any other class. Any yeah. other class. I and mean, a small percentage that are absolute beginners. Mm. And Moises, I have to say, my husband, he does such a good job you know, catering to those. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that are that I feel that they are they are they feel a little bit overwhelmed. So he makes them feel so welcome. Mm-hmm. And and I try to always, like I said, for me, it's very important to feel include everyone in the practice. So whether you're a very beginner, then I'll give you something to work on. And if you're more advanced, I'll give you also also something to work on. Mm-hmm. But everybody's going through the same experience right, of right. you know, no one's left behind and, yeah. and struggling and everything. Whether you're 
starting to get into crow or going from crow to handstand, trying to transition there, it doesn't matter. The sensation is the same. The, the, the process is the same for everyone. Mm. The, the asana that you're practicing is different, but it's the same. So at that moment, I make, okay, you work on this, you work on this. So everyone chooses. I, I give a few options and everyone chooses whatever they, they want to do. And then I adjust and I help out around the room and, and all that. And obviously, you know, for... Instagram sometimes you have to post like more advanced poses because people that's what people are like wow the whoa factor is important mm-hmm. right and like if I put like all triangles people are like who cares right um, so sometimes you have to you kind of fall into that 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 mm-hmm. trap you know but for me it's equally satisfactory it's satisfying to both you know teach someone their first crow or teaching a more advanced backbend it's it's equally fulfilling. It doesn't matter what asana I'm really doing. Or we're just breathing into the ribs and you're just connecting with that part of your body that you've never connected before. It's, it doesn't matter what pose or exactly we're doing. It's the process of, you know. That's interesting. I like that you're able to create, curate the class right. to, to, to be so multi-level. Right. From the beginner to the advanced, like the crow to the to, to the handstand transition, these are things that it's hard to manage in a class. Like if there's a really like, you sort of still have to keep the show going. Yes. But then like, but this you, you gotta satisfy everybody at the same time. It's very so that's very tricky. It's yeah. Very, it's very tricky. When okay. the class, as you know, I mean the that's the toughest class. When the when the class is more advanced and you don't have that many problems, or if it's all beginners, it's even even better because we can all work on crow. The same thing, yeah. And it's it's great. But when it's so so such a dispar- disparity of yeah. levels, you know, and in my workshops they tend to be some people that have taken my classes or you know or they're more advanced and they they tend to come and so people that are oh so afraid oh and mm. it's the first time and they're more beginners so uh, I try my best and it's I think it's very challenging mm. to cater to all that disparity of levels and make everyone have a good experience when they come out, you know. Mm. Um, I think having someone helping you in the room also helps, you know, like like Moses yeah. is. Uh, so because you, one person alone, if it's maybe, if it's a small class, smaller than 10 people, then it's it's doable, I can. But if it gets even yet already more than 10, it's, it's challenging, you know, because you cannot really control every single person in the, in the room, hmm. what they're doing. Okay. So, speaking so yes. of speaking of uh, uh, what do you say Instagram? Yes. What's your relationship with with social media? My relationship, I. That's a good question. Because I read, I, don't I, know. I, I read an article recently about you about how um, I can't remember what it said. It was something about something about your your thoughts on social media and how it's not. I remember, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was something that I resonated with in terms of authenticity and what you post there. And, and, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts because nowadays Instagram is a tool. It's a huge way of getting to know people and to just looking at your, especially for yoga. You just take the, the pretty picture and like, wow, that's, that's something to be, okay, I like it. I mean, that's how we, I reached out to right, you as right, well. Right, right, right. So it's still, it's still something that's good. But, but, you know, social media, in the aspect of yoga where people are like oh you're just a social media yogi and you're just posting some random quote and like whether it's authentic or not 
Yeah, I just just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I guess. I think this we could have like three podcasts <laughs> about, about, about that. About that.、Uh, I think like、time. like a lot of people,、uh, it's like a love and hate relationship、mm. because.、Uh, I'm a very private person, so I, I don't like to post. Oh, this is my room in yeah, Singapore. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you take a look at it. Some people do it, and great, you know, to each your own. I mean, I just, I just don't feel comfortable doing that.、Mm. I don't feel like, and I don't feel like I should. If if you go down a certain path, then it, it's really hard to get out of that.、Mm. So if I start showing my closet or or what all the clothes I have or or, or my room or everything besides my my yoga the my yoga aspect, then people are going to expect something different from now on, and、uh. they they want to. See more of that, and they want to. Oh, so tell us, show us your space and right, your right, home right. in Hawaii, or show us you with Moses, or show us with、uh, you with with your friends. Who are you hanging yeah, out what with? What do you like or, to eat? Where you, know, you, what you like、yeah. to eat? And and there's always a lot of criticism criticism everywhere.、Ah. Also, you know, so you open up Pandora's box of okay, oh, okay. you're not vegetarian, but you should be. Or you're not this, or you're. Kosher or this or that, or you drink alcohol, you don't drink alcohol, but why not? And this and that, and so it, it's. It, I don't have the the energy or the time, the stamina to just you know, engage this,、yeah. engage in all this. Good on you, know, you yes. In all that,、um, so I try to limit it to to the yoga aspect, and yeah, randomly I post like oh visiting Singapore,、yeah. this or I. But that's just a way I, to promote your exactly, your tour, yeah. Exactly, promoting it. And and all that, and sometimes like here's my my friend here or something, or this is a great yogi and、mm. a friend, and so I give it like a more personal touch. But it's it's I think it's a very tricky fine line、mm. to to be walking on, and you know, and each one chooses on their own whatever you know whatever they want to post. But undoubtedly, what you post is going to attract certain kind、mm. of people, right? So. If you're respond, I mean, if you're、uh, you post about yoga, you poses da da da, then people that are interested in yoga poses, learning da da da, those are the ones that will tend to follow you.、Mm-hmm. If you post about something else, then if you post about everything, you know, this is what I eat, this is what I shop, this is what I teach, this is what I where I travel, this is my uh, then uh, what you're going to attract a very mixed group of of people and and all that. Um, but I think also these days one thing that one thing that is happening is that we、um, associate、uh, self worthness, worthless,、um, or, or self worthiness,、right. and and how successful we are on Instagram, how many followers we have. So am I a better yogi? Am I a better、mm. teacher because I have more followers than this person that has you know. One thousand followers less than I do,、uh, so this person might be war- could be a worse teacher. When in reality, it, that's not equivalent at all. I, it I know it doesn't equivalent to anything at, at,、yeah. at all, right? But some people put the, those values、yeah. that way. So it's it's kind of shifting our reality and exactly, the values、yeah. that that we have. And so people that I know are not on Instagram, and they're great teachers. Some people. You know, and by,、uh, unfortunately, also the other the opposite things happen.、Mm-hmm. You know, some people have a lot of followers, and maybe they're they're teaching it, or it doesn't resonate with、mm-hmm. with the with you, right? And or, or with me. So、um, we kind of we're putting 
our values in in an odd place. I feel right now, and then things are shifting very quickly. And we'll, we'll see, let's see what happens. But yeah. undoubtedly, it's a great marketing tool, and it's a great tool to stay in so many. Th- one of the reasons why I started to make stories about my, my travels and everything is honestly for my friends or the people that are closer to me that they're like, oh, show us a little bit how is Singapore? I've never been there. Or show us a little bit, you know, the students in Korea or show us a little bit when you go to Spain, you know, what is it? How is Barcelona? Or then um, I also, I mean, I do it for them too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, people do asks, care about they, you, they, and they want to they know want, what, they want what you're to know, up to. Yeah, what, what yeah. you're up to, what you do. So you know, a little bit of that, mm. so they can get a glimpse of mm. of, of that um, life. Get to know who you are, what you're up to. Yeah, teaching in that, that without, place without crossing that line, that boundary of like, oh, look at my closet, look at my clothes I wear, or something like that, to to show off or whatever lah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, so, okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough, it's tough, it's tough. Yeah, and I think that you find, you've find you found that balance where, like I've seen your Instagram, it's no frills. It's just like, like look at this post and then like, um, it's inspiring. You have your monthly challenges, which is, I, I, I always see like my other, my colleagues and my friends who, who would join that challenge and they would tag you and I was like, who's this? And, and then that's how I found out about you. This was like a long time ago. But stuff like that, it, it gets the community together. You know, people... People, oh, let's let's join the the sea yoga challenge, you know, or whatever. I never, I mean, when I put out a challenge, my idea is never, and I hate to do that. I don't like to show off mm. like any move or anything. That's absolutely not at all my intention. I I want you to practice, and I want you to stay inspired and to c- keep on practicing. Mm. Because for me, over this uh, over these two decades that I've been teaching and practicing, one thing that I find it's very hard is to step on your mat every day or almost every day mm. consistently because that passion for yoga and that initial love that you have for it, um, then it's going to fade away, mm. right? It goes down and it gets into a plateau and then a lot of people go through yoga and then they quit and then maybe they get back into it and they quit mm. and they, it's like a revolving door. I feel like I'm going through that right now actually exactly yeah right so a, a lot of people go through the same process that, that that you're going to and then they go back into it like yeah i stopped for a little bit but i'm getting back into it mm. now and then in six months in a year oh i got burned but yeah, i'm gonna take some time off and, and it's really hard to keep a consistent practice and consistent teaching and you know and also or if you teach a lot it's really hard to dedicate time for yourself mm, yes you, know, you uh, just you pour so much out you just give your give yourself so much to your students that you cannot recharge mm, and so it's uh, that fire dies inside you or it just you know or it, or it, it extends and you have to somehow replenish yourself yeah. again so you're like i, I have to stop teaching right. for six months i'm going to take sabbatical and not teach for me, uh, in this over two decades, most of the people I've met, they stop doing yoga altogether. Sooner, sooner or later, they, they, they stop. They come and go, they come and go, and then eventually stop, or they come and go, and then they stop quit. Stop doing or stop teaching, or both? Both. What? Okay. Bo- both. Um, or one or the other, okay, okay. you know, but the, that strength, the strong affiliation they had in the beginning, they don't have it anymore, mm. you know, it's... And it's such a shame because it feels like it's such a revolving door that 
few people stay in, and only when you're staying in for a long time, you can truly come up to conclusions and you know and ideas and things are you know are worthy.、Mm. You know something that is. It costs you ten years to come up to that conclusion. Fifteen years. Wow, it's worth listening to that person. You know,、mm. it's worth listening to what he's learned and what she's learned, and and you know, and just tell me about it. Tell me about your journey. So we need yogis with a longer lifespan, and if that means that we're gonna practice a couple of、uh, funky poses, so be it. I will do anything. You know, so that you can. Continue to practice next year and next year and next year and just keep you hooked into、mm. it, you know. So how how do you manage your energy? Like you were saying, like when you first started out, like you've been teaching for nineteen years, bless you. But twenty one. Oh twenty. Oh right, twenty、yeah, one.、Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and it's been like what eighteen to twenty privates for the first eleven years, and then like workshop after workshop and 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 retreats and all that. How do you manage your energy and still find time to practice three hours a day? And 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 hang out with Moses and and go spend time with yourself and do laundry or whatever. Like, how do you manage your time? It's, you know, it's very challenging.、Uh, but I don't know. I I think I think it's a little bit of a gift or some or something. What drives you? Yeah. I, I I I don't know. I don't have.、Um, I mean, I I feel obviously you know some days a little bit more down than、mm. others, but I feel like that fire is always very strong、wow. in me. So, if there's one quality, it's like what would you say about you that makes you stand out above or over,、mm. you know, or differentiates you from a lot of yogis? I would say that is definitely one of them because I, I'm very passionate and just very committed, and it doesn't die out.、Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't. So I can tell that you're on, a very passionate person. You know, like when I'm talking to you, you're, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like you're gesturing, your eyes are flaring up. You're very passionate about it when you talk to students or when you talk to, talk about like, like the、and、things I, that you're compassionate I about. I get very recharged also from teaching, you、mm. know. So yeah, yeah, it it helps. It feeds both ways. I mean, I I try to feed the students、and、in a way, and then they they feed they feed me back, of course. But for some reason, I I have a lot of energy,、mm. you know, that way and. You know that's one, it's one way of of sharing that with with the world.、Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough in some days. Yes, like yesterday I didn't practice, but for the most part,、mm, I don't know. It's inside. <laughs> it's inside there. It's there. It's there. What do you think is the most important trait that a yoga teacher should possess? I think I think empathy.、Mm. It's essential. Know where your student. Is at that moment, not just physically but also mentally, emotionally, what they're going through, and try to relate to their journey、mm. somehow. I think you can assist and facilitate them a lot more if、uh, if you can actually put yourself in their shoes. How do you do that? How do you do that to 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 a stranger that walks into class and you know you don't know anything about them,、mm-hmm. but they but yet. I guess、uh, if I if I if I have my I'll share my thoughts. Like sometimes before class, people I mean you don't know who comes in. Sometimes right, it's random right, people. Right. But then when I look at them, I sort of know what kind of what they're going. It's very strange. I sort of know what your what your practice is going to be like. Not that I'm judging, but like I can tell that、like, okay,、mm, I just saw this person walk in. I think I need to change my sequence in a certain way. Do you feel that way as well? Yeah, I mean normally. 
uh, I always say that when I always prepare my sequences mm. beforehand because mm. you always have better ideas mm. when you're when you think ahead, not just improvising on the spot. When you improvise on the spot, what will happen is you're gonna always uh, put the same poses, the poses that you normally do, the poses that come to your head quicker. Mm. Those are the ones that you will put in your sequence. If you spend, let's say, you know, you pre you prepare 24 hours ahead, then you're like, ooh, I'm going to try this. You have more time to think. So the sequence is always going to be better. It's a better sequence. So flow will flows better, more interesting, you know, more complex, more richer, richer. It will be nicer. It will be nicer. Uh, nevertheless, when I come, you know, because you say that you you don't know what kind of students you're gonna find. So imagine me that I'm traveling from city oh, to city and different students and different places. You'll never get me the same you, few people you again. You never yeah. get. My, like for instance, next week is gonna be um, one of a few exceptions. You have the same group of people for five days in the retreat. Mm -hmm. uh, that but that almost never happens mm -hmm. unless it's like. In Korea, we had a four four. This the same group of intensive teachers that you know that they wanted in the intensive that they mm -hmm. wanted to um, improve their teaching and adjustments and the practice and all that. But that is very rare. Normally, I get a different crowd in every class, even in the same workshop here in Singapore. Yeah. I'll have different people. Some will sign sign up so for everything, few, yeah. uh, but some will just come drop in for one right. class or, or something. So. Uh, when I walk in, I have a sequence in mind, and this is what I want to do in my theme and my big poses and everything. I, in 21 years, I don't think I have ever taught exactly the same class as I had written down on wow. a piece of paper. Oh, okay. You always okay. have You're to always tweaking it. Tweak yeah. it. You have to always modify it. Whether you have to many times simplify it and make it a little bit easier or the time you're going too slow or too fast mm. or the students are going a little bit slow or a little bit fast or they're fatigued or they have too much energy or there's too many students and then you have to go slower or there's too few and then you can go a little bit faster there's no wall there's wall i mean oh, you name right. it it's just there's a lot of factors okay. that, can, that can influence so I never teach exactly the poses that are on, on the paper. Mm. Uh, similar, yes, of course, you know, very, very approximate, but exactly the same, no. You that's have such to a tweak skill. It, yeah, that's it. such a skill to be able you to know, adapt in that adapt way. It. Like, oh yeah, no walls, like, or, or not enough blocks, or some, something like exactly. that, that you have to just... Sometimes yeah, you don't know. I mean, now I know. I mean, I know where I'm going to teach here in mm. Singapore, and I, I've been there before, or I know where. But sometimes you don't know. Mm. You don't know what room you're going to be teaching in, and you have no idea if they have props or or not. So you're just kind of guessing, mm. you know, what's what's going to happen. Okay. So, so you you prepare like, okay, maybe I'll do this, and if not, I'll do this other thing. So you have like four different, or at least I have four different options in my mm. mind, in my head. And then, uh, and then then it's another fork here, and then I have two options here, and then I have another fork, two other options. So kind of a little labyrinth there going on. Okay, okay. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I feel you. I, I, these are stuff that I learned as well. Like like, cause I teach at Yoga Movement, and then there's different studios. They've got they've got a few. So then, okay, I'll plan for for to do the sequence at this time. Let's say there's like five people or ten people. So I have enough blocks. Then when I do the night class, I wait a minute, I don't have enough blocks to do this because it's all full. Or if I go to another studio, wait, this studio's walls are facing the other way, I can't do this anymore. So right. that's sort of how I learned to adapt it accordingly, even though it's the same sequence, maybe, but like I tweak it here and there sometimes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You have to, you, you have to do it, you know. Yeah. Organically, whether you want it or, or not, you, you're going to have to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Going back to um, what we talked about at the beginning about how 
you came into to teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. Before what were you doing before? Before Engineer, yoga? engineering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did what? How did you make that shift? What um, what inspired you? What gave you the courage to to do this? Like, I did computer science, mm-hmm. um, which in Spain is and is because I'm originally from Spain. Mm-hmm. It's an engineering degree, and it's five years. Um, there were not one of the things that attracted me about it was that it's just you know it's very mental um before practicing yoga i never did almost anything physical mm. i mean i i practice a few sports here and there but i i mean if i someone had told me you're gonna make a living doing something <laughs> physical i'd be like are you kidding yeah, me it's so just, yeah. you know it's just no way because i used to uh, learn a lot, a lot of languages like French, German, English, Spanish, right? Right, and I, I did my masters and I did computer science. I mean, it's just like all very from the neck up, right? Not, nothing from the neck down, and you know, almost no workout, no nothing. A, a few, a little bit of martial arts, a little bit of tennis, a little bit of swimming, but you know, not really, not much at all. And when uh, the first time I visited the states. I took a yoga class um, because I had a lot of aches and pains uh, in my body. I, I used to run a little bit and I already had some knee pains. And, uh, I twisted my ankle right before that. So I, I start, decided to give it a go. And my first yoga class was such a bad experience. I, I was so bad at it. Um, not because of the teacher. I mean, bad experience, not because of the teacher, bad because it, of me. Right? I was so bad that I decided to go back again. I'm like, this is so terrible. I'm so terrible at this. I need to get better, right? So that's this perfectionism right, right. or something. And and I went after a few days because I was so sore. I remember we tried to go mukasana of the mm. arms, right? And I couldn't, I mean, I was miles right, away, yeah. you know, to bind my fingers and I used the strap and still it was so painful, right? Mm. And so I decided to go back and, you know, give it another try and then, but I, and then I liked it again, I was exhausted and it was very challenging, but I, I like how it made me feel mentally, you know, mm. how calm I was because I was, I was a very spastic and nervous person and just very unfocused and I don't know, all over the place. And I had my, my diet issues all and, right. and all that. Um, so it helped me calm down and it helped me feel more center. I didn't feel, I felt some physical benefits in the very beginning, but mostly it was mental what mm-hmm. really draw to it, draw me to it. I really liked how I, it made me feel afterwards and how calm I was. And so I decided to give it a go and more and more and more and more and kind of replicate that. You know, it's like like an addiction, like a, you know, like yeah, yeah, you, you just want to go. You want to get, find that peace again yeah, yeah, after yeah. class, literally. You know, you want to find that calmness after the class, mm-hmm. which I couldn't achieve on my own. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't able to sit, sit down and meditate or close my eyes for more than 10 seconds. So it was just no way. And then here was in a place where I, I had to sit down and breathe for like five minutes and and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. I, I just can't do it alone, you know? So that, and little by little, I started to get a little bit better and a little bit better and practice it more and, mm. you know, and replicate that sensation and, you know, take more trainings and all that. And eventually at some point, I, I mean, I started teaching a few 
classes here and there, but at some point you have to decide, okay, which path do I want to follow? Do I want to commit to the yoga path or do I want to still dabble here and go in between or what do I want to do? So, and then finally I took the plunge and decided to go, you know, do yoga full time and no regrets. No, no, no regrets, no regrets. Mm. I really, I think it's very rewarding on, on many, on many levels. Um, when I we haven't talked about though when I opened the studio though when I mm, first yeah. opened my my studio because um, I feel like as a yogi I've been through a lot of phases like I practice at first and didn't teach mm-hmm. then practice and taught you know for others for studio owners and taught a lot of privates and I built that little business mm-hmm. there. And then I opened my own business, my own yoga studio. That's like the that's like the, know, the evolution, the, the, yeah. Evolution, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you had it, and then I sold it, right? So I, I I decided to close it, but one of my teachers in the studio he wanted to buy it, so okay. I sold it to him. So it's still there, the lab in Chicago, and uh, and then I moved to Hawaii, and I decided to continue with my traveling journey. So pretty much like every. Every journey started a little bit, or the next step started a little bit before, a little bit before, and then I kind of I joined that that wave, oh, you know, okay, in a way. Okay. So I started traveling when I had the studio. I started traveling a little bit, and then a little bit more, a little bit more, until it just became almost impossible for me to have to do both, to do both the studio oh. and both traveling full time and dedicate a good amount of energy and time and attention to both, because mm-hmm. the studio. You don't own the studio, yeah. but it's tremendous the amount of work that you need to put into it. Unless you have, you know, a lot of people working for right. you and a, you know, manager that. You, you Otherwise, know, it's you. Own. It's just you. Otherwise, yeah. it's you. And when I opened one, I didn't realize how much work that entitles. As a, you all the the ultimate responsible of everything. Everything from toilet paper in mm-hmm. the bathroom, so you you need to physically go to Costco and buy it and in bulk mm. and then bring it to the to the studio or teach workshops you know very glamorous workshops so i had to do all those jobs in between you you swipe the floors you clean the floors even if you have a cleaning crew you know to come and clean for you or you trade and so people clean for you it doesn't matter you still so many times you're going to still have to clean the floors mm. because they're dirty and nobody's there and you have to you have to do it yourself mm. or you know, or wait for someone. Someone is on Christmas Eve wanting to buy a gift certificate for their daughter for yoga. So you have to wait for them until 10 p.m. and right. you wait with your doors open, right? And you're like, okay, why why am I doing this, right? <laughs> um, you have to do all, all those mm. things, you know? And so I transitioned into, I realized that it was just not possible. And I transitioned and mm. traveling, it takes it's very um, draining and it takes a lot of your energy so um, I decided to choose one or the other mm. you know basically just just like I chose in the beginning either engineering or computer science and yoga and then it's just another fork on the road yeah, yeah, like yeah. traveling or continuing with the studio right. and so yeah I mean also that phase I, I feel like I learned a lot about the business of yoga, mm. not just as a practitioner or as a teacher, Behind but the as scenes. a but as a business yeah. owner, what you have to be able to handle and be able to do, and on a daily basis, your tasks, responsibilities. It's you have a new set of skills that, or you need to have a new set of skills mm. that I 
didn't know you you have to have those. Even though I had worked at yoga studios before, and even you know behind the counter, behind the front desk, that's different. It's yeah. different than actually being the ultimate responsible yeah. of the whole machinery. You know, the whole okay. studio. It's it's wow. It's, it's, it's a, a lot whole, of weight. Yeah, it's a lot. It's another beast. You know, it's very different. And I am a very upfront, in your face kind of person. So you need to be very suave sometimes, and just very smooth. And when you're doing you know, all that business stuff,、uh, so so it's just not you know. Let's just say that sometimes it's not it's not the best、yeah. you know to have a very strong personality or something. <laughs> so for for teaching, I'm gonna say it's、okay. great,、yeah. it's great, it's okay. And it's、right. like, wow,、oh, you're such a great personality. You're so great, you're so great. We love you. But then for the,、uh, having employees and people、uh, working for you,、uh, maybe not so much. Right, you know? right. Or you have to make, learn how to make more compromises. Gotta manage people. Yeah.、Know? Exactly. So it's it's different. It's different.、Okay. So you, you learn a lot from each one. I feel it's the yoga path is very rich in that way. That's、and、true. It is. It can teach you a lot of different skills. Because、yeah. um, when you have a studio, it's not just.、Uh, Not just being able to deliver a good yoga class, or be, or have a good practice, or, or just do great adjustments, or a great sequence, or, or have great work ethics. That's just one aspect of it. You know, it's just it's a lot more things that you should be working on. You have to pay attention to your student when you they finish. It's their first time in class, and you go up to them. It's like, how was it? Do you enjoy it? And you have to listen to their their story and a little bit, or you know, how was it for them? And so it's it's, it's different. It's more personal. Yeah, yeah. It goes beyond the scope of the hour or hour、yeah. and a half of of a yoga class. Yeah. And as a studio owner, also the space and everything, and there's、wow. a leak, and you have to go to the studio and right, fix right. it or call someone to have it,、uh, you know, have it dealt with. It's yeah.、Hmm. So it's a lot. It's a lot. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But anyway, I <laughs> know. No, I'm sure. I'm sure this is a real like this is like real issues like like running a business is not easy. You managed to to do it and you 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 it, it worked out and you learned what you need to learn from that experience and then you、mm-hmm. moved on. You sold it and and here you are. You know, living a different life, and now it's very different. Yeah, I mean, you're like, well, now then you have it figured out. Then this this new phase would be okay, and you're like, no, no, there's still more.、Yeah. There's still more when、and、you deal with.、Uh, before I had to deal as a, as a studio owner with students or with employees, and now I have to deal with studio owners as an independent right. contractor. And, right, and that knowledge of having your own studio, you sort of understand what. What to what they, expect? What, what you expect?、Yeah. What they go through? And and everyone, I mean, every studio, yoga studio that I, I go to, there's no yoga studio. There is this, there's so many yoga studios、yeah. in the world, but no, you know, no yoga studios are exactly the same. The same.、Yeah. You know, they don't follow the same model, the same business model, or or anything.、Right. You know, it's very different. Some studios are big or small. They base. They take. They do a lot of workshops or no workshops. They have a big shop and or no no shop、mm-hmm. or they offer massages or no, or not. I mean, it, it's just it's enormous that the you know the variations and the differences between them and and somehow if they're still open, they have figured out their own niche、mm-hmm. in that city, right? 
you have to deal with each one of them individually, individually yeah. and just and put them on the schedule and and the communication is very impersonal in a way because you're going via via email or via right, maybe right, right. Skype yeah. conversa- conversation just, or something yeah, okay. and then when you go there you know you only have like from, let's say four days three days to deliver I mean to woo them and you know so that they're like to wow them like the students and the studio owner and the teachers that will come and you know whether you think about it or not they are judging you they are ranking you they are you know thinking are you worthy are you not or should you come back should this person know is this workshop interesting or not i mean it, that is happening it's it, it's happening whether you think about it or you don't it's happening you know they yeah, are yeah. they are they're judging you in in a way right um and then you know after those four days is that all right is this um, do you like it was it good or da? are we repeating this again are we not i feel instagram opens you the door maybe if you're lucky for the first time but it's your skill and you know and how well you deliver and how what a good experience you have overall that they'll invite you back otherwise it's like hello thank you so much goodbye yeah, you know yeah. it's um but if it was a meaningful like oh thank you so much to, to instagram that uh, you know they made me discover you and i really enjoyed it thank you so much hey, for thank coming, you right yeah. uh, but if if it doesn't work out then no matter how many followers mm-hmm. or anything it'll be like Wouldn't okay matter. goodbye you know yeah. and uh, i'll we'll just look for some other yeah, yogi yeah. or something to teach because it's just so, so many, many so many yeah. people right so and then when you finish you just wrap up okay goodbye normally payment is done afterwards right so you hopefully you have a good relationship so you get paid <laughs> right and uh and they pay and then you maybe close the details for next year or for, or for, for whatever, six, yeah. six months or in 20 months i don't know and that you know and, and you go on and you go on to the to the next place so it's it's a lot of good relationships that right. you have to cultivate with with right, every right, right. studio owner and every place and and everybody's is a little bit different how mm-hmm. they do things and you, and know, you adapt and just, right? you, yeah. you adapt so you have to get to know and be able to read them through maybe an email interaction what Ooh. what they're what they're thinking about what they're right, what right, is right. going what through their for, minds what we exactly oh. and you're like uh, do you are you interested in this kind of workshop right. or in this this and so it's okay. it's it's different something that I didn't have to do before when I had a yoga studio you showed up exactly. and teach yeah or when I when I was a teacher uh, teaching for others so it's you you're still growing and learning I am still growing and learning mm. and you know how to this other aspect of the business part of it mm. and it's very interesting too you know mm. besides the traveling and you know practicing and the challenges of practicing in different places and just how to have my own routine but also this reality of how to you know interact with everyone yeah. it's it's very fascinating really it's really interesting yeah it's nice i can imagine yeah, yeah. what what's planned what's what's in store for you in the future in the future um well immediate future this weekend i'm teaching at uh, uh the yoga space in mm-hmm. singapore and Yoga Inc. She's mm. the same. She's the same owner. Same team, yeah. And they're so nice. They're really great. I I love it there. Okay. It's my my third time teaching teaching there. And after that, next week I'm I'm doing a retreat in Bali. Bali, yeah. Yoga retreat. 
after that I go back to Korea to, to Seoul to teach one last time and then back to Hawaii for a few weeks for close three, of the three year? weeks and I go, I go to the mainland after that um, in Hawaii they call it the uh, the mainland is you know the big US the continent basically right? Oh, oh, right. so okay. it's like they're going, you're going to the mainland I'm going right, to Houston, right. Houston uh, Athens, Georgia and Miami for three weeks then I go for a very quick trip to Barcelona okay Wow. And then I know, I know, you're like, you're like, it's just like hopping, like, I'm just taking yeah. a nine, nine hour flight yeah. and then back. And because I have, you know, some other um, business meetings there. And and then back to Hawaii. And that's when I'm going to end my year there. And then next year, and that will be the end of the year. And then next year, you know, more traveling and. I start later, like probably probably in February or so. Um, so I'll have like two months okay. to rest, which is which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. It's nice. Okay. Because it, it feels when you leave like with your suitcase like, like that, it, it doesn't really feel like I'm here and I can rest. Uh, it's it's always a little bit of a countdown. Right. So I have three weeks to rest. So it's a countdown until oh. day. You know, to go to Houston, and then we're like, okay, oh, it's okay, okay. minus minus twenty, minus nineteen, eighteen, seventeen days, sixteen days until the day that I start traveling. Then I travel, da, 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 I do that tour, and I have another three weeks or something, and then you know, again, like a next oh two weeks or four weeks. But it's always you know, it's like an end date to it, and then I have to stra- start traveling mm. all over again. So. It feels like you're always a little bit on the go, mm-hmm. not really settling anywhere. At some point, I might take a little bit of a break, like you are. Yeah, so a little yeah. bit, a little bit of a break, and maybe traveling a little bit less or working on. I would like to work on my writing. Okay, you know? not nice. just Instagram writing, right. but you know, book writing or something. So okay. you know, that's in the future. Right. In the future. So okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess people got something to look forward to then. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Final question. Yes. Sure. Sure. What is the change you want to have in the world? Very vague question, but I think it's a kind of in- interesting question to ask someone as well traveled as you and experienced as you. What is the change that you want to see in the world, or what's the change that you feel that you can deliver to the world? Mm. Well. I can deliver was a lot of responsibility uh, for me. Um, I would like people to be more um, aware, you know, and, and consciously vibrate at a higher level, not think so much about themselves only in their own belly buttons, in their own little world, but think about the environment, think about the planet, think about what's going to happen to the next generation. Think about how to lead a life that is more fulfilling to you, that it makes you happier, and it will also make everyone else around you happier. Um, that would be a major, a major um, game change. I think, in a way, a lot of people are trying to do that already, especially you know with the environment and recycling and protecting animals and, and all that. I think it's it's definitely starting to happen, but you know it starts. To, it it needs a lot of people. You know, lots of small dots everywhere. Lots of people there, and then we can make an impact. Um, 
So that would be really nice if we can leave a better planet for the next generation to come. You know, for me.、Mm. <laughs> And on that note, we close this podcast. Okay. Thank you for doing this with me, Carmen. It's been a pleasure. How can、Thank、people you. reach you if they want to find、uh, out more about you? People can、uh, see everything on on Instagram at CEOGalife, and also、uh, on my website CEOGalife dot com. They can see all the places we updated、uh, very frequently every every few weeks. You know, like the new cities, new places that I'm going to be teaching, and you know. So if they want to catch me, or they want to take my classes or something. Then they can do it there. I also have online classes on Vimeo.com.、Mm, yeah. You know that they can、um, purchase, and also I'm going to try. I'm going to add a lot more in the near future. So that's also another project that I want、okay. to dedicate more time to. So I mean, hopefully, you know, stay inspired and stay happy, and you know, and stay fresh, so that that transpires into the rest of your life, and it's going to make your life feel. Very full and rich, and I I wish that for everyone. I really do. Oh, thank you, thank you. On behalf of people who are listening, I guess that it's it's been very、really、inspiring to to hear you and to speak with you and to be in your presence there. To be honest. Okay, thank you, thank、yeah. you so much. You're so easy to talk to. You're, you're the best host. Best, best. I try. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And you have a great voice. If I yeah, if I may say you. so, you、yeah. have a really good voice. I like it because I listened. I've listened to your voice before.、Uh-huh. I'm like this is so soothing. This guy, so great. So great. So thank、yeah. you. I hope you enjoyed it.、Um, yeah, I did. I enjoyed my time with you, and hope I'm sure people who listen to this can learn a lot about this, and they can learn a lot, a lot more about you as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm She- glad. I'm glad. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmen, and thank you, Moses, wherever he is. He's been so nice. He's been、yeah. so nice just now. Like he, I can see him like tiptoeing, trying not to make noise when he was yeah, walking by. I know. I know. He's very respectful always. <laughs> yeah. Always. He's he's the the best, the best, the best. You both.、Sure. You both of you are very lucky to have each other. I I think so. I think so. <laughs> Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. This was fun. Thank you so much for doing that. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening, and I hope you had a lot of th- things to take away from 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 listening to her speak all about her experiences and and her style and her just everything about her. There's a lot to learn. Um, as always, like and subscribe and share on IG. If you repost this thing, I will repost on IG stories as well. Just tag me,、uh, hashtag the Mosty Yoga Podcast,、uh, and let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any questions, any、uh, insights you'd like to share. Reach out to me for any reason. You want to say hello, say hello. I'll say hello back. Swap recipes. We'll do that. Oh, cool.、Uh, yeah, that's it.、Uh, think that yeah, that's it.、Uh, Until the next episode, I wish you all happy days, good times, and enjoy life and be happy and all good things to happen. Okay, bye bye.